Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome, folks, once again to the Rich Core Yanks podcast, uh, season two, episode number fourteen. And in, uh, in some respect to uh, this week's current events, I don't think I'd be doing this uh, a couple weeks ago. But we'll call it the Tyler Wade edition, episode fourteen. Or if you want to do the Lupinella, whatever you want to do. Um, essentially, we're going to talk about some quick breaking news before we get into the body of the show and recap the week that was. Exciting stuff happening in the world of Yankee land. But uh, let's start it off with some sad news, unfortunately. Sad or upsetting news, whatever, how you ever want to look at it. But it looks like Aaron Hicks, who is out with an injury, uh, will be required to have surgery. And it's going to be months uh, I say months plural, this was explained to us, or possibly season-ending, looking like it's season-ending surgery for the Yankee center fielder. This is the second year out of this contract, essentially, that he will have missed pretty much a complete year. Um, he's another one of these guys that is constantly on the injured list where they signed him to this contract, looked like you were set at center field for you know seven years, six years, whatever it was. It was an eight-year deal, I believe. You were, you were set, you were comfortable, you had your center fielder. Um, not so much. He's out. Um, and all of a sudden, the Yankees find themselves looking for an outfielder. Now, I heard a lot of talk about Mike Talkman. We need Mike Talkman. We need Mike Talkman. Guys, go look up Mike Talkman's stats. I told you a little bit about this last week. He's awful. He's awful when he was here offensively. He's awful out there in San Francisco. Um, they're playing him because they have no choice. So uh, in the short term, we talk about what the Yankees are going to do. It's going to be Brett Gardner's job right now. So Brett Gardner is going to be the Yankees starting center fielder um bat starting to come along a little bit but he ain't hitting much better than mike talkman was so uh listen he was going to be our fourth guy he was going to be our backup guy what are you getting with brad gardner you're getting a leader and you're getting great defense if he can hit i guess you look at anything that he does offensively as a bonus because right now he's not hitting either um but he makes all the plays in the center field what does that leave you as far as the outfield of this kid's turn? i think you got a little bit excuse me, a little bit of a preview of that this week when you saw Tyler Wade getting reps in right field, Tyler Wade getting reps in left field. Um, Clint Frazier was hurt, so you're seeing Miguel and Duhar get reps in left field. Um, you know, there's rumors of the Delano de Shields, uh, the Yankees looking for another outfielder. I don't think they're going to go that route. It's presently constituted right now. I think they're having more and more confidence that Tyler Wade can play uh, all three of the outfield positions. And if that's the case, they're okay for a backup. And it kind of justifies like what we talked about earlier in the year when we broke down the roster. How could Tyler Wade make this squad? Uh, I never really considered the outfield as a viable option for him, um, even though I knew he could fill in. But if he can play a consistent, good defensive outfielder, he's a great tool to have because he can play outfield, he can play infield, he can run. Who cares if he hits? You can have one of those guys on the team. And as your fourth outfielder, that's fine. You split some, times with, uh, some time with Miggy in left field, whose bat's starting to come around a little bit. I think uh, it's fair to say that the Yankees might be okay for the outfielder without having to go get somebody. And look, you start, you keep winning, everything's fine. Now, if Stanton comes back, which you're saying maybe in this next series, you'll see Stanton come back, that changes things a little bit because now you've got an extra guy. you got a guy at DH. Um, I, uh, who's the odd man out at that point? Uh, do you send Mike Ford down maybe? I don't, I don't really know what they do there 
as far as sending somebody down because you need to have Miguel Andujar. He's proved that he can play uh, at least decent third base. He can play at least a decent left field, and he's got a bat. Tyler Wade can play all the infield positions, um, with the exception of first base. I don't think I've ever seen him play first base, but you could always slide DJ over to first base um, to spell Luke Voigt. So... Um, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with this. I just wanted to lead the show with the news that it looks like Aaron Hicks' 2021 campaign is over. Um, I think this gives all the signs in the world to Esteban Florio next year being called up for spring training with a real shot of making this squad. I think you leave him down there uh, for the rest of the season now in double A. Um, or maybe wait until the halfway point, bring him up to AAA for half the year, and then bring him up uh, next spring training with a real shot to crack this team. Gardner will be gone by then. Um, so at the very least, you'll still have Frazier, you'll still have Judge, you'll still have Hicks. If he's healthy next year, uh, Florio could definitely be considered that fourth outfielder or that swing outfielder position, depending on what he does for the rest of this year. But I would say, uh, you know, bad news for Yankee land. Uh, definitely not what you want to hear about a guy going out. But, I mean, at least they have options. You know, it's not like they're completely lost or out in the woods. They've got some backup options. So, that being said, let's get to the good news and let's start the show. to get some ground balls and then we just I, I think we just settled in um, just a little more concise efficient through the delivery and uh, some of the good stuff started started showing up Is it a nice luxury to, to get an ample amount of run support this afternoon it was a luxury to turn all the double plays I, we had we played we played our tails off on defense today that was fun fun to be a part of um, you know, we, we pitched ourselves into a, a, a few ground balls for sure. We, we tried to force a couple double plays, and, and it worked out for us, which is that's exciting. Um, and then the offense uh, to really, you know, finish Cease's day and 
and give us a sizable lead was was uh, Cherry on top. Obviously, there were other guys involved, but just how good is Gio Urshela at third base? I know he started a lot of those several plays. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's just so ready to make a great play every pitch. Uh, really, today as a group, I, I thought we were locked in, you know, turn a double play. It, it's more than just Gio. He gets it started, but, um, you know, Rugi, Glaber up the middle, they were sharp. Um, had some balls deep into the shift. Had to make some good plays on. So, all in all, everybody played a great day. Obviously, Gio starting those off was, was fantastic. Take the next one from Dave Lennon. Hey, Garrett, just that, that one stretch you went through, I think it was in the third, where you had walked a couple guys that ending, and then it was three out of six, which is so unusual. I, I was just wondering what, you know, was it a strike zone that you were kind of getting used to still, or what was happening with you during that during that stretch? Well, I just think, you know, when we were making a good pitch, it seemed to, seemed to not go our way. We either didn't get a fire on it, or it was uh, a smidge off the corner. And then there were some, you know, rather large misses, uh, rather large misses there. I mean, you know, it, 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 we started the game off with, uh, you know, the three fastballs. We had one just missed the corner down and away, one kind of over the plate that we got by him, and one, you know, up on the corner away that just missed the plate again. And it was just kind of those kind of sequences early until we really started to get a rhythm where we started to really put the ball on the corner uh, three, four, five times in a row. And, you know, we went over the plate when, when we felt either they weren't swinging or we had an opportunity to challenge somebody. So it just started matching up a little better along with the command. And just after you came out in the middle of the seventh, it seemed like you were laughing a lot about something. I don't, I don't know what happened. Usually when they show you the dugout, you always have kind of the game face on. I know your day was over, but did somebody say something funny to you or what was uh, just, going on there? I hadn't had a, I hadn't had a chance to give, give Bonnie some praise since I took off here early. So I was just taking the opportunity to razz him a little bit and tell him how good I thought he pitched and uh, making a, cracking a few jokes that I had in my back pocket since this. this evening as you had been in the past? I, I don't have an answer for that. I just, I think it was one of those nights, um, just wasn't as crisp. Uh, I, if, if there's one thing that stood out, it's just, you know, the ability to consistently execute like a, a string of pitches in a row. Um, and uh, get the ball a little bit more to the corner, certainly with the breaking ball. Um, there's just a few sequences tonight where I felt like we, we threw a really excellent pitch uh, and we followed it up with a really bad pitch. Um, you know, the first homer jumps right out. I mean, you know, they throw an excellent fastball at the top, trying to go back up there again and leave it over the middle of the plate. Um, and uh, you know, good. And then the one that you know, the, the one that chased me out of it is like a slider, good slider, and then followed up with a bad slider. And um, there's just some of that tonight, and some good pitches, you know, fought off and hit well, and and uh, and then you know, some predictable pitches and some bad ones. So 
clearly not the end result you would have liked, do, but do you accept that games like this are going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear to me that that it, it wasn't going to be maybe as crisp as we wanted it to be. Uh, especially after I couldn't really stop the bleeding there for a minute. Um, but I felt that we could certainly keep us in the ball game and um, you know I was shooting to get through I was shooting to get through six uh, but I think Aaron had probably Aaron had probably seen enough so uh, oh well we'll, uh, we'll just have to, have to get better thank you significant is it to get solid at bats throughout the order especially the bottom half that struggled at times this season yeah i thought i thought everyone swung, swung really good today um had some timely hits um some really good at bats and good walks um it was uh you know that's that's uh you know kind of what we're made of and what we expect Hey DJ, uh, Aaron said before the game and now after the game, he feels like you're you're getting closer to being uh, you know, peak DJ. Uh, how, how are you feeling at the plate? Yeah, I, feel, I feel good. I feel better. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm usually not one of those hitters that you know goes 20 for 25 with 10 homers. It's it's kind of a you know just a consistently good at bats, and I feel like uh, over the last week uh, I've I felt good and hopefully continue that. You, uh, I mean, your first two years here, obviously, you set such a high standard, uh, you know, two top five MVP finishes, and and what do you think what was going on, uh, you know, in the early in certain parts of this season? Um, you know, every year is different. Every year is different. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you can go up to the plate and feel like you can get it hit left-handed, and um, you know, other times it's a grind, and um, you know, uh, got a lot of season left. And, like I said, hopefully put together a lot of good at-bats. Thanks, DJ. DJ, what kind of dynamic does Odor bring to you guys? Yeah, he's, he's um, you know, he's got a lot of power. Uh, kind of a scary bat. Um, lurking down there in the order. Um, kind of an uncomfortable at-bat for pitchers, I would think. Um, and, uh, you know, he just brings energy. Um, you know, good defensively, so... Uh, Aaron, in Baltimore, when we asked you about Geo's uh, pinch hit home run, you said, I, I hate it coming in. Uh, you know, sitting all game and, and having to come in in the sixth, seventh inning. Uh, how did you feel coming up there today? Uh, I felt great. You know, I was watching the whole game, locked in. Um, you know, kind of got my pregame little routine in with Danilo, our little hitting guy. Um, 
yeah, just, you know, I think the biggest thing was just trying to stay aggressive in that, in that situation. I think sometimes as a pinch hitter, I get up there and I want to see a pitch or I want to, you know, I'm thinking about a plan and also you miss your, your pitches ahead. So I just try to go up there and you know, stay aggressive, have an aggressive mindset. You know, the first two pitches were balls, but even two, I'll stay aggressive and end up shoot something in the same. And how impressive was uh, was Domingo today? Oh, he, uh, you know, it's kind of tough following up a no-hitter um, after Corey Kluber and what he did. Uh, but Domingo was right there, you know, seven shutty and throwing it over to our bullpen was uh, was pretty impressive. It's, all his pitches were working today. Um, you know, that changeup was nasty. Um, man to both sides, even some good two-seamers in for righties. It was uh, just all around a great show by him. Thank you, Aaron. Any other questions for Aaron? Hey Aaron. Um, Aaron Boone has talked to us repeatedly how he wants to help you manage your body throughout the season, right? So you can play as many games as possible. How do, how do you feel the Yankees have managed that so far? And how would you know how how do you believe that they are protecting you sometimes from yourself? Because players always want to be out there. Yeah, it's been tough. You know, there's been quite a few times I've wanted to go out there and you know, it's all I'm good to play, good to play. Um, kind of you know, shut me down. You know, kind of because years past, you know, I've kind of played through some stuff, and you know, lingering stuff turns into you know, poor situations and injuries. Um, you know, but me and me and Booney got great communication. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, when it comes down to it, is the type of communication you have with your skipper and your training staff. And uh, you know, me and Booney got a great, great relationship, and you know, we're honest with each other. And you know, they, we've done a great job, I think, so far this season. And Aaron, obviously, you guys are getting pretty short-handed in that outfield with, unfortunately, the latest injury to Lamar. Does it put more pressure on you, you know, just to remain healthy, or do you just have to do what you got to do? I just got to do what I got to do. You know, injuries happen. Um, you know, we saw it especially at 19. We called up quite a few guys that might not have gotten an opportunity, and, you know, they produced. You know, so I think that's kind of what is going to have to happen here, you know, is, you know, the guys up here keep producing, do what you can do, you know, don't try to do too much, um, that's where we kind of get into trouble and, you know, bad habits can form, um, you know, the guys that get called up, you know, come up and have some fun and do your job, I think that's what it kind of comes down to, um, yeah, just don't try to, don't try to do too much, you know, we're all pieces of this puzzle and just everybody just do their part, you know, we'll be in a good spot. I mean, that's that's who we want up. Obviously, tough matchup with Hendricks bringing in their closer in that spot, and um, you know, fortunately, the first first pitch didn't uh, get him out of out of rhythm. I think it settled him in a little bit, and then he's obviously able to control the zone there and, and get us out with a win and a really really good start to this homestand. The White Sox came in playing pretty good baseball. Do you feel like your team made a statement the way they played over the last three days? I don't know. I mean, that's. Look, we know we're a good team. Uh, I feel like they're a good team, um, but we're sitting here in May, and we just this is about us playing, you know, our best baseball and trying to continue to get better and better each and every day. And and feel like the guys are doing a great job of that. And so, as far as statements, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we're we're just trying to play clean baseball. 
with how well Chapman has pitched to start this season, was it nice to see the team pick him up in the bottom of the ninth? Yeah, yeah, it was huge. Um, you know, just said that in there, you know, it's like, I mean, how how dominant, how many times has he picked us up this year? Um, you know, good to good for the guys to string together some really good at bats, tough at bats against, um, you know, Bummer and then Hendricks. Those are two tough customers, obviously going up against them and um, able to outlast them there and pick up Chappie there. Justin Chappell, please. Aaron, 35 uh, consecutive scoreless innings for the starting rotation. What impresses you the most about this recent turn through your starting pitchers? Uh, the most. Um, I, I mean, I think, you know, look, they're all a little bit different, obviously. Um, a little bit different repertoires, but I feel like all of them ha have been on the attack and, and really, you know, pounding the strike zone with their stuff, you know, executing their full arsenal uh, time and time again. And uh, I thought J-Mo was really good and, and today and, and another big step for him. I know it is early, like you said, but, but handling and, and sweeping a team like the White Sox, what do you learn about your team at this stage of the season? Well, look, you know, we, we have enormous expectations in that room, so, and, and also have the confidence that we're able to, to play at that level, so, um, you know, I don't know if it's sending anything. This is what we expect. We expect to be a great team. Um, and, and now, for the better part of a few weeks now, uh, it's starting to sink up, and, and we're seeing the results. Greg Joyce, go ahead. Aaron, what did you see out of Clint Frazier today with the three hits and the two stolen bases? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, big impact. That last stolen base obviously sets up the inning in a, in a good way, you know. Ultimately allows Judgey to go to the plate. You know he doesn't steal that base. You know they don't walk DJ in that spot. Um, you know who knows? It's a different inning, but but good at bats, um, ready to go. Um, and it was it was good to see him really have an impact on the game. And hopefully he can he can start building on that. We'd asked you here. You've asked before the game about the the wild stretch you guys have been in. Is this the way this one ended today? Kind of seems status quo for, for how things have been going lately. Oh, um, walk off, walk. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've the good thing is we've we've won some games in some different ways. I, I think there's been a common theme. Obviously, the starting pitching has been terrific. Uh, you know, today credit to the White Sox for crawling back in against our our bullpen and. Um, but, you know, the guys weren't going to be denied and, and, and had a lot of winning at bats uh, against, against some really good pitchers there on the end, in the end for the Sox. Go next to Lindsay Abbott. Here, um, at this point in the season, you guys still aren't hitting for a lot of slug, but you're, you're situational hitting stuff like that. After the, but we are the what? rough stretch you guys, you guys, it's, you guys are getting it done a lot of situational, situational hitting, manufacturing right. runs. After the rough stretch, you guys had an April. Was there like a deliberate uh, decision to try to change the plate approach, or are we just seeing the result of like better at-bats? Yeah, I, I think it's more better at-bats. I, I don't think we've had a philosophy change or, look, we always want to try and have 
tough at bats, situational at bats in, in certain situations when you have runners out there, you know, because we haven't seen the slug like we're gonna, and, and because our starting pitching's been so good, as a result, we've been in a lot of close games. So those those have been real meaningful at bats that in, in certain situations and, and the guys have come up with a lot of big hits. Alright gang, so we got the bad news out of the way. Let's get to the heart of the matter and an excellent, excellent week and all good news for the most part outside of the injury front on the Yankees list. Let's start with the Texas series. Um, the Yankees lost their last game in Baltimore. Let's put a pin in that series and we're going to start with the four games in Texas and the three games against the AL leading uh, Chicago White Sox. But listen, let's get right to the heart of the matter. The Yankees a win. Uh, they lose the first game in Texas, two to five. They win the next three games, seven four, two zero, two zero. But let's highlight the 19th. And why are we highlighting 19th? Because the Yankees' starting pitching, which has been phenomenal lately, phenomenal. Uh, at post time of this, we're over 30 innings scoreless from the starting pitchers, um, and it starts with Corey Kluber throwing a no hitter on May 19th against his former team that he played one inning for. Uh, the Texas Rangers, uh, so we'll, we'll barely call it the four, uh, former team. But So Corey Kluber, Mr. Emo- motion, Mr. Excitement, Mr. Personality, uh, throws a no-hitter. I'm joking because if you've seen any of the clips, it looked like uh, he just told him that his uh, pet dog got ran over by a car when you're telling him he just threw it or talking to him about a perfect game, a perfect game, no-hitter. Would have been a perfect game if not for a uh, walk which was on four straight pitches, which ball four was kind of questionable. But it is what it is. Uh, The first Yankees no-hitter this century. It's been a long time since the last one, guys. Um, This is a big deal. Um, I know there's been a ton of no-hitters this year, and we can debate why that's happening. We can debate the actual pitching. We can debate the hitting. Everyone's swinging for home runs, more strikeouts. We can debate the seams on the balls. Um, All that is for another time. Right now, what we need to do is just enjoy um, a Yankee throwing a no-hitter. And that's a real big deal for the Yankees. So, um, listen, they're trying to win a championship. Okay. Uh, they took a chance on Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber was just money. A lot of teams wanted him. Uh, it was a one-year deal, um, but it was expensive. You know, they paid him double digits in the millions uh, for a one-year deal for a look-see. This could have easily gone bad for the Yankees. Easily could have gone bad. It did not go bad thus far. You saw him as each starts progress here get better and better and better. I'm curious to see what he looks like tomorrow night against Toronto. Um, as the Yanks open up a three-home game set against the Blue Jays, who are also hot. And we'll talk a little bit about the American League East here in a minute. But uh, the Texas series, look, you take three out of four of a four-game series, I'll take that all day. We've said on this show a million times, I want series wins. I don't need you to win every day. I just need you to win two out of every three. And the Yankees have been doing that, winning series after series after series. And they are rolling. Um, so they take three out of four in Texas. Um, pitching was at a premium. Besides the first one where they won seven to nothing, the Yanks put up two runs in the first game, two runs in the third game, and two runs in the fourth game. So it's been starting pitching, guys. I don't know where we'd be right now without starting pitching. If you would have told me that 
going into this season so far uh, heading into June that we would be dependent on our starting pitching to carry us right now I'd be scared I'd be nervous I thought we had adequate starting pitching at best yeah Garrett Cole and a whole bunch of maybes after that Herman coming back after his incident with his uh, suspension for the domestic abuse Kluber coming back off two injuries Tyon coming back off an injury and Jordan Montgomery uh, half a year removed from injury so who knows who knew what we were going to get? What we're getting is fantastic starting pitching. Garrett Cole's been amazing besides one bad start, uh, which he kind of redeemed his last time out. And Corey Kluber chimed right, chimed right in with a no-hitter. And it looked like Jamison Tyon and these guys from Mon are just following right along as we roll into the White Sox series. The Yankees sweep three straight against the a big bad Chicago White Sox who came in with the league's best record before they f- saw us uh, 2-1 on Friday 7-0 on Saturday and Cole started getting him out early and then 5-4 on Sunday uh, Sunday's walk-off victory walk-off walk Aaron Judge getting his first ever walk-off uh, RBI and that comes via the walk so you felt pretty good bases loaded yesterday jumping around a little bit but uh with one out that at the very least if he doesn't strike out he's gonna get a fly ball and i get the sacrifice flying get the yankees a win uh but guys that, that was a tough tough victory because you think about it it was very easy for the yankees to give that game up you're rolling you had just won three out of four in texas you just won the first two of this series they come back against chapman who gives up his first run of the year with a get me over fastball it would have been very easy for the yanks to just pack up and go home they didn't. They showed a lot of grit, a lot of grit, uh, fighting back at the end of that inning to not only um, get runners on base, take some pitches, um, but the Yankees have been getting key hits when needed and hasn't been home runs. It's been singles. I can't tell you how many gappers, singles, and extra base hits that they've been getting, doubles. Uh, Glaber looks like he's on fire right now. So these guys are coming to play as far as uh, winning games right now, and you get a feel for it. They're having fun, but you kind of feel, whereas a month ago, the same situation, I wouldn't have been as comfortable at the end of the game with the Yankees coming back. Um, I'm much more comfortable right now that they're going to do what they need to do to get that big hit and that clutch hit and get runners in. So um, all's right with the world. If Stanton can come back this coming series, then you're really only out Hicks um, and the rest of the lineup you're okay with. We talked about in the show open some of the possibilities um, with Tyler Wade now really becoming an asset in the outfield. Um, and, uh, I mean, listen, this is what we want to talk about. Four straight weeks of winning series. That's what we want to talk about. We want to keep it going as we look at the AL East. Unfortunately, right now as we record this, Tampa Bay looks like they are about to beat the Red Sox to stay ahead. Now, if it was a situation where the Rays could have knocked off the Red Sox today, we would have been a virtual tie three-way for the AO East as it stands right now this very second uh, we're a half a game out with the Red Sox and Rays tied that will change as it looks like the Rays are about to knock off the Red Sox so the Rays will be in first place we will be a half a game back tied with the Red Sox uh, getting ready to start a series with the Blue Jays so we shall see guys all is right in Yankee land as far as this last week is concerned um, let's go to do it for the weekly wrap-up. We're going to come back and do some mailbag and preview the series. Next two series coming up in just a second, guys.
All right, gang, before we get to the mailbag, uh, we're going to look at the upcoming schedule for the Yankees. Actually, let's do the mailbag first. Um, all right, today's question comes from Marjorie J. Marjorie J. asks, uh, what do I think the final standings will be as we hit June in the American League East come the end of the season? Uh, Marjorie J., thank you for your question. I appreciate it. And if you guys want to reach out to the show, uh, it's richcoreyanks at gmail.com is the email. And then all the social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, richcoreyanks. Feel free to drop us a line and uh, I will try to get back to you. Or if I see the question, I'll try to read one a week on the show and answer the question for you. Uh, interesting question. Um, my original, before the season started, I picked us to finish first, obviously. I picked the uh, Rays to finish second. Blue Jays third. Um, Red Sox fourth and the Orioles fifth. That was my pre-season predictions. Um, listen, the AL East is tough right now. Everybody, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Yankees, and Blue Jays are all, let's forget the Orioles. I, I think everybody knows they're going to finish last, and they will. They're going to lose 100 games. But one, two, three, and four could go anyway. Now, here's the thing. Three of those teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Only two of them are. One and then the wild card. So... I'm going to stick with my predictions. Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox. I know the Red Sox have been hot. I still don't believe their pitching is going to hold up. We play them a ton. Hopefully we can put a licking on them and move them back down. So um, as of, let's just say, June, the first week of June, next time we record will be June. Um, I'm going to stick with my original predictions. You know, you got to be a man of, of your convictions. And I'm going to say the Yankees win the division. Rays finish second for a wild card. Blue Jays just miss a wild card at three. The Red Sox finish fourth and the Orioles finish fifth. That's my prediction. I'm sticking with it. It is what it is, guys. Uh, we'll see if I'm right. Again, Marjorie, thank you for your question. I appreciate it. Um, let's look ahead now to the Yankees schedule, the next two series. As we do every week, we preview what's going on next. And the scrappy Toronto Blue Jays are coming in um, off of no days off. So they're playing right now. They're about to lose to the Rays. They're about to get swept by the Rays. So they're going to come in to play us in New York and Dunedin. They're going to get swept by the Rays for three. A 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock game for a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Listen, Blue Jays are scrappy. They're pesty. They're a pain in the butt. Um, it comes down to they don't have great starting pitching. Um, that's what it boils down to. They don't have starting pitching, but they've got good hitters. They, they remind me a lot of the Rays. I was talking to somebody today who's a Rays fan, and the Blue Jays remind me so much of the Rays of a couple years ago. Um, good, young, scrappy players. Play the, play the game right, fast, don't make a lot of errors. Um, guys you never heard of that get hits. Um, guys that can play all over the field. Not a lot of pop, but they can hit base hits. You know, a bunch of DJ LeMay who's running around there, and that's high praise. Um, so, what do I want? You guys are already going to know what I'm going to say out of the three-game series. I'd love a sweep, but I'll take two out of three. So, it is what it is. Um, I think it's is it three more games at home. Um, the end of a six-game homestand after coming off a day off. Everybody should be fresh. Uh, DJ got an extra day off this week. He's been doing a pretty good job resting everybody, but everybody should be ready to go um, against Toronto. After that, we head out to Detroit. Um, weather seems to be nicer in that part of the country. Usually you got to worry about it being cold out there. It seems like it's okay weather-wise. So we go to Detroit for three. Uh, those should be three wins. 
It's at the point now where you look at Detroit and I expect three wins. I'm not wanting two out of three. I'm expecting three wins. Um, and then we're going to bounce right into a four-game set in New York against Tampa Bay and then Boston. But we're going to save the Tampa Bay and Boston stuff for next week because that will technically be next Monday. So we're going to stick with Toronto for at home for three. We'll say two out of three there and a three-game sweep against Toronto for six games. We will put us five out of six. That's the goal, guys, if we can do five out of six. So we're rolling, guys. The team looks fantastic. Uh, everything's coming up roses right now. The guys are hitting. Judges over 300. Batting averages are creeping up. Starting pitching's lights out. The bullpen has been solid. Um, hopefully nobody else gets COVID. But everything else is coming up roses, man. Everybody's hitting the ball well. Everybody's having fun. They're, they're pointing at their arms, making muscles. I don't know what's going on. So besides Hicks, everything coming up roses for your New York Yankees. And hopefully that will continue this week. So until next week, guys, I will talk to you next Monday. And go Yankees. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. Wow. I told him.